Pulpa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. What's up, moto enthusiasts? How you doing? I am Chris Kiefer. Thank you for uh, downloading this show and subscribing to the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. I appreciate your download and your support over here. We always thank you. And, of course, just to begin this podcast here, if you guys have any questions about bikes, parts, gear, whatever, chris at kieferinktesting.com is the email. I will do my damnedest to get back to you and uh, hopefully have an answer for you. And if not, I'll just tell you, hey, man, I don't know, because sometimes I do not know. Rather tell you I don't know than some fake bullshit, right? So that's why you're here. You don't want to have no bullshit. You don't want no filter. You don't want uh, the crap that you get from other media sources, right? So that is why you're here. So first things first, let's pay some bills. I really appreciate you guys supporting these guys. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. That's ground shipping. It's easy to see why you guys should be clicking over on KieferInkTesting.com and then grab that little arrow, click on that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on my homepage, and then continue to do your shopping. And what that does for us is that just gives us a snippet, a little slice of what you guys are purchasing and lets the head honchos over there know that you like the show you're purchasing stuff because of our show. So that helps us out a lot. We appreciate it. And uh, I can have a little uh, powwow with you guys and tell you about that because I go look on the dashboard and uh, see what you guys are purchasing. So thank you very much. FXRRacing.com. Use the code KKMX35 to save 30%. If you are a lady and you race motocross, I do have a separate code for you. Email me and I will get you that code. And hopefully you guys, uh, you ladies out there, be wearing FXR Racing. And uh, enjoying yourselves in that gear. So they have some great gear. Helium Line and Revo are some of my favorites. Uh, You can get the 60 FXR Moto Helmet Combo. Also really cool. You can go on my Instagram, Testing or at kkiefer120 and check out uh, what it looks like while riding. And uh, performance and durability is second to none. So go visit them, fxrracing.com. You know what else is second to none? Racetech. We're going to talk a little about suspension, about these bikes that we're going to be discussing here today. But if you want to get a better ride, a little bit more comfort, some more performance, or maybe even a faster engine, Racetech.com. Use the email sales at Racetech.com and the code Kiefer. Save yourself some money if you're buying some parts. Or, uh, yeah, you just want to get a good deal on some suspension and uh, make sure you're getting a fair, honest deal. Make sure they're actually doing the work. (laughs) Because you don't know how many times I have uh, come across people at the track and say, hey, man, I paid so-and-so to do the work, and then I had another guy do it because I wasn't happy with what I felt. And my second suspension tuner ripped out the guts of my forks, and there was nothing done to it. The oil was dirty. There was no aftermarket parts, nothing. So I just lost $1,000 for nothing. So uh, Racetech, some of the most honest guys I know out there, Chris Riesenberg, Rob, all those guys, they know suspension like the back of their hand. And it's cool to see Chris riding again. Uh, my big boy over there, he's ripping a CRF450R nowadays, and he's air-wheeling the shit out of it. Uh, he's a moto enthusiast. All those guys over at Racetech are. So um, go visit them. Check them out. They have engine uh, seminars going on right now, too. I know some guys have been out here in Southern California going to those engine seminars, and those have been really good. So you can check that out over on Racetech. And don't forget all about our other sponsors here, Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Chevrolet of Colleen, Texas. That's right. We have a damn dealership sponsor on the show. If you want a Chevy, email me, and I'll get you in contact with the guys over there at Colleen, Texas. It doesn't matter if you're in California, Oregon, Maine, Florida. uh, Those guys will deliver, and they give you a good deal. So go visit them, Chevrolet of Colleen, Texas. 
Pro Taper, 6D Helmets, Oregon Old Timers Association. You're an old dude. You want to ride moto, uh, and you want to have a nice day racing longer motos with your buddies. OregonOldTimers.com. Go visit them and see where they're going out near you uh, all over the West Coast. So very cool motorcycle chapter over there. ScreenPrintingDone.com. Neil makes the best shirts and hoodies and hats. Uh, we're just putting some new hoodies up uh, on my website right now. Uh, we have a new style hoodie. That's very popular, and uh, a lot of you people that bought my older, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, just a pullover hoodie. It's uh, The material is really nice and just feels good. Something about a nice hoodie wearing around town or even in your backyard chilling, it's, it's just it's a good feeling. I love hoodies. Uh, so, yeah, Neil over at ScreenPrintingDone.com does that for us. Uh, if you want some merch, Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. She can handle that and help you guys out. Uh, if you're looking for some new rubbers, not the condoms. Rubbers for your dirt bikes, people. Dunlop Motorcycle Tire, MX-33, MX-53, MX-12. That's right. If you like paddle, you're a sand guy. MX-12 is the ticket. Um, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. Plum Creek Funding. Zach over there will help you with your housing needs. And last but not least, blood lubricants, oils. You can go um, email them, info at bloodlubricants.com. Use the code Kiefer. Save 25% off a case of oil. I use the Pro Series 1040 or Scorpion Blood 1040. I know uh, Jeff over there is designing, uh, well, creating some new oils. So we'll be uh, talking about those here pretty soon. So uh, visit those guys, bloodlubricants.com. So that is my sponsors. Thank you guys for supporting them. Uh, I know it's six minutes of your life to this show, but uh, I got to give those guys mention because, look, um, they're great companies. They're great companies, and they help me out. And, of course, they help you guys out for making good products. So. Um, go purchase those products over there at those supporting uh, companies. All right, so let's get to it. So uh, right right now, uh, it's a new week. I skipped a week. I had a bunch of testing to do, so I had to catch up on this show. Uh, but I've been wanting to do this kind of show for a while. Yes, we are going to do shootouts. Um, if you're an avid listener of the show or if you follow racerxonline.com, you know that we are going to try something different. Is it going to be successful? I don't know. So 450 shootouts are going to be first. They probably will not happen until December because what we are doing, we are doing modified shootouts just to be different. I am just been around the game for a little while. I've been doing shootouts over 20 years. The format has been the same. Nothing has changed. Uh, stock bikes, people just set the sag and ride them, and you got your buddies, you know, and everyone has an opinion, which is great. And it, and it actually is a useful tool for people that are purchasing bikes. But for the sake of doing something different, you know, uh, I feel like most of us, I'm not saying everyone that buys a new bike, we try to valve our suspension or we put springs in it. Uh, some of us are guilty that we don't like stock mufflers, even though the stock muffler is just fine. You don't need an aftermarket muffler, but if you want to lose a little bit of weight, you want to look cool and possibly maybe change the engine character of your 450, you guys go out there and buy a full muffler system. And, of course, handlebars are a preference. That is a major thing. Some I would not say all bikes, but some bikes come with shitty handlebars. And then the grips. The grips are a nightmare. Most stock grips are hard, and they're not friendly on your hands. So what we are doing for the 450 shootout for an experiment, we're going to go with revalve suspension. We're going to go a full muffler system, handlebars and grips, and gearing if necessary. So what I'm doing right now is I'm weeding through all of the 450s, getting a mid, mid like a middle ground of suspension setting. So what I'm setting these 450s up for a 180-pound rider, intermediate B-level guy, and that will be our middle ground suspension setting. This is how we do it in the production world, right? So we have usually three test riders, and they range from 150 pounds to 180 pounds, and we set the the sag for the middle weighted rider. So this is what we're doing with the shootout. But a lot of these bikes can benefit from a little bit of a valving change, a spring change. So with a 180-pound rider does come some different spring rates, does come some different valving um, measures. So we are doing that. We're going to do a suspension um, spec, which I'm going through right now to make sure each bike has a proper, what I feel like is a better suspension spec than stock. I am going to use different aftermarket muffler companies for each bike. 
And then we're going to use Pro Taper handlebars for all these bikes because that's what I feel like is the best um, crossbar, crossbar or non-crossbar. It doesn't matter. But I just feel like for flex, comfort, um, I just feel like this would be the best way to go and of gearing if necessary. So this is how we're doing 450 shootouts. But since I get a shit ton of emails about the Honda CRF 250R and the Yamaha YZ250F, we're going to do a little shootout here right now. So I did do a video over on racerxonline.com that you can see here fairly soon. That'll be up over on that website, and you can check it out. But I got a few different riders, put them on each bike, and just gave you guys an opinion on what um, – well, they gave you their opinions on what they felt was the better bike for them, and then you guys can relate that to each other. But since these two 250s are the most popular, and I'm not – doing anything 250 related right now this was the easiest thing for me to do to shoot these two out because these are popular and get you guys some information so as you guys know the 2022 honda crf 250 is all new just came out um we went up to oregon and did the intro while although there was a fun track to ride it's not the best testing track so we've been riding ours a shit ton over here in the West Coast, and I know we can have the debate about East Coast dirt, West Coast dirt, but that let's just save that for another time. So riding several tracks out here, um, I've come away with a different opinion of the bike than I did in Oregon. Uh, the Yamaha YZ250F, we had the intro out here uh, at Paris not too long ago, so been riding that bike at different tracks, and then... Just recently, we've been head-to-head head head those things on different style of tracks, even the tracks out here by my house that are rough, dry, and shitty, where you really can feel some suspension comfort if it has it, and chassis comfort if it has it. So those, those are the things that are important to me on a 250 is engine feel and chassis comfort. Yes, suspension is important, but... You know, there's such a wide variety of rider that rides a 250 from a lighter kid like my son, who's 135 pounds, versus a vet guy that could be almost over 200 pounds. So we're going to talk about the suspension and all the comfort of that, but we're going to really dive into the engine, what is better, who, what I think is the better bike, at least for me, and then I will try to talk to you guys about what I feel like um, what is the better bike for different types of riders. So we're going to dive into this. I'm going to give you guys my honest opinion and uh, give you a little bit of snippet about what this Racer X online video is going to be all about. So let's dive right into it in the engine on each bike. So the Honda engine, if you remember on the, on the intro, we kind of said if the KTM and Yamaha had a baby, this Honda CRF250R would be it. Although that is somewhat still true. I still hold on to that. I do feel like... Uh, the Honda does have a little bit more RPM response than a KTM, but look it, there's no, there's no debate here. Bottom to mid-range, the Yamaha is king in this class. Uh, it has tons of torque for a 250F. There's enough excitement to pull your 200-pound ass around the track. I have uh, had my, my buddy, electrician buddy, Matt Servog. He has ridden a YZ250F before, and he loves the bike. It pulls him around. He, at some point in time, when I watch him ride, he seems to ride this bike better than his 350 or 450. So there are certain times that I'm like, damn, I feel like your cornering is a lot better. You can be more aggressive. You can uh, hang on to this thing a little bit longer. You know, Of course, you lose time going up hills, down straightaways if the dirt is deep. But for me, fun factor, it's very hard to beat a Yamaha excitement feel from bottom to mid. The Honda is more still in 22 is the mid to top end engine. No, it doesn't have the top end pull that I feel like it needs. I still feel like last year's engine had more top end and over rev, but with the 22 bike, we are getting some more bottom end for a Honda and more mid range. The mid range is amazing on the Honda. Like for me, this is where this bike shines. So if you can keep your RPMs up a little bit in the corners, this mid-range pulls very nice. Once you shift in the third gear, this thing really moves down the straightaway. So unlike a Yamaha where you must short shift, uh, I just raced my son um, on a GYTR YZ250F, and then I had another stock YZ250F to kind of compare. Uh, this Yamaha engine is very 450-esque. 
it it invites you to short shift. And I had to learn how to ride this thing because I'm thinking to myself, I'm wired. 250 engine, okay, Chris. Start revving the shit out of it. This is where these things like to be ridden. Well, the Yamaha doesn't really doesn't really like that. It likes to be short shifted. So when I'm coming out of a corner, instead of revving the shit out of it in second gear, like the Honda, I have to short shift, go into third, and then it pulls that third gear really well. Where the Honda, I can actually let that second gear eat a little bit longer and then shift to third. And to me, third gear on the Honda is a little longer feeling than the Yamaha. I can even shift to fourth on the Yamaha, and it'll pull it. Uh, especially with tracks like Glen Helen and Paula, fourth gear, I can really get into that gear a lot on the Yamaha, where the Honda, if you guys remember last year, I always complained about third gear kind of being, being like a, a stepchild transmission ratio gear in this, in this tranny. Because I always shift from second, just skipped right over third and went to fourth. Well, the transmission spacing now in the 22 is much better, so I can use third gear a lot longer, and it's very usable. So I do feel like the Honda has a little bit of a better, and I'm not going to say transmission ratio, because the Yamaha just spools up. The engine just spools up quicker. It's a very free-revving uh, engine feeling as the RPMs go up. Now, this is going to sound confusing, so bear with me here. Compared to the Honda, and if we're comparing Honda and Yamaha together, and the feeling of the engine as the RPMs rise, the RPMs rise a little bit slower. It's a little bit of a heavier engine feel as the RPMs go up on the Honda versus the Yamaha, where the Yamaha is a very free going upward RPM feel. Now, as the RPMs are coming down, if I can put this in relation to the track, you're coming into a corner, engine braking. The Yamaha has a heavier feel as the RPMs come down. Yes, this is a real thing. The Honda doesn't have as much engine braking. So you would normally think, as if you guys are listening to this, we're like, well, Kiefer, you just said the Honda or the, the Yamaha is a very free revving engine feel. Yes, it is on its way up. But on its way down, and I do not know why, maybe it's something with the crank or the transmission or the friction within that engine. As that Yamaha engine is coming down from the RPMs, there is more engine braking, there is more pitching, there's more dive than the Honda. The Honda has a very free feel as the RPMs are coming down. So for me, that's important for chassis, which we will get into, but if you guys like a, a two-stroke feel off-throttle, the Honda CRF250R likes that. It's similar to that. The Yamaha is a very four-stroke-esque feel off-throttle, yet as the Yamaha spools up, it's like a two-stroke. That thing, this Yamaha, you can map it. There's a map, excuse me. There's a map I have called the Kiefer Free Feeling Map, map which actually helps the D-cell. And when I say free feeling, it's more so on the D-cell side than on the acceleration side. So you can put that map in, and that will help that. But still, even with the Kiefer free feeling map inside the Yamaha, it's still not as free feeling on D-cell. Now, four-stroke riders. There is a lot of front-end traction on a Yamaha because of that engine braking. So if you're a front-end steering guy, that is kind of a blessing in disguise. Like, there is some something to be said with some engine braking. I like some engine braking because then it settles my front tire grabs that knobby inside the rut, which I like. You East Coast guys maybe won't like that because you have heavy dirt, and then it's even more dive, and then you can knife inside of a corner. So there is a balance there, right? So you got to decide what type of dirt you're normally riding. East Coast guys, I feel like the Honda engine character is better for you guys off-throttle. Now, acceleration coming out of a corner, the Yamaha is going to be better and softer just because it has more meat, has more torque down low. But if you do find that sweet spot on that Honda, and, it is, and it's not narrow like a 125, it's a lot better than last year, but if you do find that nice sweet spot in second gear acceleration, I do feel like it gets on top of that soft dirt really good, and it's almost as good as a Yamaha, just not right out of the corner. It's a little bit down farther on the straightaway. So there is some difference there. It's just a really tough to dissect for me 
which one I like at certain times, which I'm going to have to do. I'm not going to waffle you guys on this show. But at certain times of day, (laughs) I like one bike more than the other. Uh, And I'll give you an example. As far as the engine goes, when I go to Glen Helen, uh, it's uh, 11.30 noon. The track's been broken in. The Honda, I love it. It's free feeling. I can come in the corners. I can get in the corner better, and then I can accelerate and keep uh, a nice feel, rear, rear, uh, rear wheel traction feel going up these hills. The Yamaha spools up so quick at times when the, the, the course gets a little bit drier and hard pack that it breaks rear wheel traction. So there is some ma- – I mean, let's face it. The mapping tool, the Yamaha Power Tuner is awesome. You can fix some of that. Um, but you have to really dissect what you guys want to do and what type of power you want. So um, Paula, in the morning, if I want to get over some bigger jumps on a 250 out of a corner, I'm on the Yamaha, and I love that feel. I can't really – uh, get over some of these with ease on the Honda because it's, the torque is not there. I'm 170 pounds. I ride 450s a lot. So to train my brain to ride the Honda harder coming out and in in these corners is tough for me to do. The Yamaha feels a little bit more at home for me in softer conditions to get over jumps just because of how much torque it has. So that's what I'm saying. So the engine for me, let's let's just... To, to break it down, the Honda is a more mid-range to top-end feeling motor compared to the bottom and mid-range feel of the Yamaha. The Yamaha signs off a little bit earlier than the Honda on top, but the, the Honda top-end is not something you can just like, oh, yeah, it's really good. The KTM, Husky, and Gas Gas blow the Honda away on top-end and over-rev, and it blows the Yamaha away. But I will say the Honda still does pull a little bit better in the mid-range um, just because I feel like it doesn't have as much spool up as the Yamaha. So I kind of like that mid to top end range feel. Uh, while we're talking about the engine, let's just talk about the muffler noise on each of these bikes. Both of these bikes, uh, mufflers, I, I will say the Yamaha is a little bit more annoying than the Honda, but the Honda has a similar tone to the Yamaha, which is a little bit of annoying and loud and raspy. At certain times, I like the Honda the pitch, but um, it's on the louder side if you guys are worried about noise. So don't worry. Um, Obviously, there is already mufflers out for the Yamaha because nothing's changed in that realm, but I have done some testing with Yoshimura on the Honda muffler, and what they're coming out with is a very good production-based muffler. I even told these guys last year I was not a fan of their dual muffler system with the Yoshimura system. It was loud took away even more bottom end and it didn't really help me anywhere um, in the mid-range so it was tough for me to put on an aftermarket system when the stock system was better or the fmf was just better because it gave me more bottom end so yoshimir went back to the drawing board uh itchy love itchy over there at yoshimir he's a good dude and uh he created well with the help of itchy he created uh, a better muffler than stock on the honda so You might have to wait a month or so with an aftermarket muffler on the Honda, but there is some stuff coming down the pipe. I'm going to test an FMF here soon as well. Uh, We'll have all that stuff up on my website, a review, and what it does to the engine character of the Honda soon. So just stand by. Like everything else right now, COVID-19 has slowed a shit ton of production down. Uh, Hard to buy gear, hard to buy parts. Race teams are even having a hard time getting their parts made, so... It's just something that we have to deal with for a while, so just be patient, and uh, these aftermarket pieces will be coming down the line here shortly. Suspension. There's no question. Yamaha's better. KYB, unbelievable feel. Uh, 422, the fork valving has changed on the Yamaha, on the KYB SSS stuff. The shock clicker adjustments have changed. So what what Yamaha's telling us is, they preferred a different clicker setting on the shock for stock for 22, but the fork valving has changed. They uh, beefed it up a little bit to help some of that pitching, probably because some of that engine braking makes it dive. So it does stay up a little bit better. Uh, does have way more comfort than the Showa stuff. The Showa stuff feels firm. I know a lot of you guys are taking some oil out of this fork to try to get uh, a little bit more movement, more uh, comfort, but... Let me just warn you, if you do that, 
you'll lose control in the Showa stuff. Showa is a, a performance-based suspension, um, just performance-based suspension, period. Like, I feel like when I compare Showa stuff to KYB, the KYB character has a little bit more comfort, a little bit more movement, can bottom out more. The Showa stuff is a little bit stiffer, has a little bit more performance, a little bit less comfort. This is the same thing with the with the Honda CRF250R. The fork is a little bit stiffer than the shock, so you lighter riders will have to go to a lighter spring rate, I feel. Uh, if you guys are on a stock CRF250, you can back off the compression um, at least two clicks. If you guys go back to my older CRF250R settings uh, podcast, I did screw that up. I actually gave you the wrong way. I was looking at a different number, so just go two softer, so minus two, not plus two, and that'll help some of that comfort um, come back to your hands. You can also speed up the rebound a little bit to help it move a little bit more. Uh, overall suspension, the winner's going to go to Yamaha just because there's more control, there's more comfort, I can slam into things, and I just have better feel through the bars with the Yamaha. Now, to go against uh, the grain here a little bit, I will tell you guys that there is some benefit to the Showa stuff on the Honda, and where that comes into play for me is on softer tracks. Uh, that stiffer fork setting when you come into corners, the the chassis remains flat. It doesn't move. There is no movement in the front end. So what that does is it prevents you guys from screwing up area one, area two of your corners so you're not knifing or you're not grabbing a little bit more than you need of a front brake, and then you're diving even more. So that front end stays up a little bit better, which in turn helps you just corner better. So we'll lead this into the chassis portion of this shootout here. The The Honda just feels awesome when you corner it. Uh, now, the trick here is the Yamaha gets to the corner in a more comfortable manner because the straight line stability the planted feel is better than the Honda. But when I'm off throttle, getting ready to go into the corner, from that point all the way around the corner, as I'm out of the corner, the Honda is just a better feeling. It gets down into the corner better. It feels lighter. Um, if I can paint a picture for you guys, uh, a pendulum, you know, you put a pendulum up and there's that teeter-totter effect. There is a wider range of what I call teetering, where I can lean my bike down into the ground and it doesn't feel like it's going to flop down in the ground. There is less of a heavy feel. So that light feel continues. There's a wider window of a lighter feel in my lean versus a Yamaha where the Yamaha will lean initially fairly well and then it has a stiff spot where it's a little heavy. It's like lean-in's nice and then it's heavy and then it has a bam and then it kind of like falls away like it gets light again. So it's very tough to judge at times when you're coming into corners, once you ride the Yamaha more, you get used to it, and it corners fine. Unlike its bigger brother, the YZ450, the YZ450 just kind of has a heavier feel all the way around the corner, but it's such a consistent feel, it makes it really easy to corner. The YZ250F is a little bit different because initially it's light, and then it gets heavy. So it's hard to judge your corner sometimes. So for me... Uh, there's less bump absorption, straight line on a Honda. The cornering is just better on a Honda. It feels more consistent. Uh, but the important part is, and you guys remember, like to get to the corner fast, you got to have compliancy, right? If you have a, a straightaway that's all fucked up, like it's jacked up, square edge, bumps, decel, if you can't get through that stuff in a fast manner, it doesn't really matter what you're going to do in the corner because you lost two to three seconds already. Or Okay, let's t calm down. I mean, it's not two to three seconds. Maybe you lost a half a second or a second in that straightaway. It's going to be real tough to build back one second in a span of a 50 to 100 feet in a corner, especially on a 250. A uh, 450, I can maybe see getting that time back, but on a 250, that's very, very hard to do. Uh, so there is some benefit to having a stable machine that gets you to the corner well or great and then just can corner decent. Uh, that is like the Yamaha YZ450F. It gets me to the corner really good and it just corners decent. 
and I, I can manage and I can take that slack up because I know how to corner the bike and I can corner fairly well. But if you are a rider that has a hard time cornering and really wants to improve your cornering, the Honda is a better bike to get just because it's so easy. It helps you corner in a faster manner. You need help. You want technique help. Uh, man, I can't corner Kiefer. Honda is going to help you sooner than the Yamaha. The Yamaha might frustrate you a little bit more in corners than the Honda. So I lean towards the Honda for cornering. Obviously, stability-wise, Yamaha is very, very good and very balanced. Hey, guys, commercial time. Thanks for listening to this show. Listening to these commercials will get you uh, discounts, save yourself some money, and it's only about eight minutes of your life. So chill down. We'll get back to the show in my wonderful, wonderful, soothing voice. Uh, Here comes the commercial. All-American Chevrolet in Killeen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Killeen. Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com Let's get into this T-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dumb sense of humor, bro. ScreenPrintingDone.com <laughs> You an older dude looking to race some races, maybe looking to do some longer motos? OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January, so check them out. OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com, 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell. You got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is, they even got calipers, brakes. They do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them ride-engineering.com hey did you crash or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend go to protaper.com and go look at the evo and fusion line handlebars i run the fusion on the ktm 450 and i run the evo on the yz 450f doesn't matter what you are you like crossbars you don't want a crossbar protaper has it they got grips dude they got some nice soft grips i'm a half waffle soft guy Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. Protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KeeferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Kiefer Ink Testing. It's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Protaper. Protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. 
Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right, they're in Oregon, powermotorsports.com. If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha, ooh, or a Kawasaki, ah, or maybe, just maybe, you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. testing special discounts. Email me, chris at kieferinktesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. testing gives the best deals possible. And so do Power Motorsports. Hit them up, powermotorsports.com. That's it. You made it. Welcome back. We're here. YZ250F versus CRF250R. Knowledge dropping on you right now. Overall ergonomics, hard to beat a uh, Honda. I'm sure even the Yamaha guys over there will tell you that when they sit on a Honda, it just feels nice. Uh, Renthal Fat Bar 839 Bend. With the seat to the peg ratio is very nice. I'm six foot. I don't feel like I'm huge on the bike. Uh, my son, he's about five nine now, five getting to maybe almost to five ten. He feels comfortable on it. He likes the cockpit better. It doesn't feel wide. I know when I measure these bikes side to side, uh, the measurement from shroud left side shroud to right side shroud is not that much different between the two bikes, but. Your eyes fool you. You look down, it looks thick. The girl is thick, right? You have like a just a thick chick right here in between your legs when you're riding the Yamaha. And if you like that, and there's some of you that do, <laughs> you don't mind the Yamaha. And I guess I'm kind of one of those guys because I don't mind a little thickness, right? I like a little junk in the trunk. And for me, when I ride that Yamaha a lot, it doesn't bother me. It only comes to my attention when I ride a Honda or a KTM or a Kawasaki during the course of a full day and then I'm like okay next day I gotta ride a Yamaha and then I'm like holy shit takes me a little while to get used to the big girl again I'm used to this little uh, skinny party girl right the skinny party girl was like woo it's free it's easy to move and over yeah she's all, all over the place and then you get back to the old cushion you know push for the cushion girl She's a little bit slower moving. She's a little bit more uh, controlled. She's a little bit, uh, takes a little bit more love to put your legs around her, right? So that's the Yamaha. And I just feel like the, the Yamaha guys over there, I'm sure are aware of it. They need some help in the ergonomic area. Everyone freaks out and says, oh, the YZ250F and 450F, they're just tall rider bikes. That's bullshit. They're short rider bikes. If you're a short guy, 5'8", you're going to love the ergonomics of a Yamaha because, uh, the seat to handlebar to um, the seat peg to handlebar ratio, or that rider triangle, is very very like just tight. Uh, when I ride a Yamaha compared to the Honda, my knees and my legs feel up higher uh, on the Yamaha than I do on the Honda. Like my legs are a little bit down, I'm more relaxed. I have to really get adjusted on the Yamaha more than I do on the Honda. I could ride any other bike. Hop on the Honda and feel like, yeah, it's fine. It's great. If I do all that and then hop on the Yamaha, I'm like, whoa, shit. This feels a little bit different and takes me, you know, it doesn't take me long because I'm used to it. But if you're a rider that doesn't, isn't used to hopping uh, back and forth on all different kinds of bikes, it's going to take you a little bit to get used to the Yamaha. So a lot of these guys that do these shootouts, I think it's funny because that's the first thing that comes in their mind, and they don't give themselves a chance to get used to the Yamaha. They just get on it like, oh, it's fucked. It's big. It's wide. It's shit. Calm down. Ride it. Get used to it, and then see if it bothers you after an hour of riding it. Not after the second lap. It's hard to get used to anything in two laps. 
You're going to go out with a chick and you're going to get to know her in two fucking days? No, you don't know her. You don't know shit about her. So give yourself some time in the Yamaha, but that is what you guys out there are going to notice if you just hop on a Yamaha. It's going to be wide. It's going to be tight feeling. So what you guys can do, you can go to my website. There is uh, Raptor pegs that drop the peg uh, mount down. I shouldn't say mount. It, the peg can be moved minus seven millimeters down. There is no one that makes a different offset mount, which I don't know why. I want to make my own mounts, but it's tough to find someone to make them for me. But there is offset mounts out there. Race team has them. Um, mounts are minus five, minus ten. They have different mounts. I think it would be easier to have the mount made and put the stock peg on that mount. But for whatever reason, no one makes the mount. So you can buy offset pegs. Raptor has quality pegs. They're really good. They offer minus ten back or minus seven down. I go with minus seven down. Feels better because my legs aren't so high up. No, you don't notice it dragging in ruts. I don't feel like that's a big deal. Uh, I go to an SX Race Pro Taper bar. It's very close to the Yamaha spec bar, which I like. I'm just not a front hole guy. You guys know this. I move mine uh, back to the rear hole, and you guys are wondering, well, yeah, you say the, the cockpit is tight. Why are you making it even tighter? Because to me... Uh, it doesn't make it feel any less tight when you have the mount in the front hole. It just fucks up your riding technique in corners. Sorry, Travis Preston. It makes my elbows bend in a weird manner when I can't I can't corner. So if you're six foot uh, and lower or shorter, sorry, sorry, I was trying to burp here. Uh, six foot and shorter, put that mount in the rear in the front hole. You know. We call it all different kinds of rear, front. So stock position, Yamaha YZ2DF comes in the front hole with the mount facing backwards. Grab the mounts, take them out of the front hole, put them back into the rear hole. Let me rephrase this here because I think I'm screwing myself up. <laughs> There's a front and a rear hole. What I consider front hole is the furthest away, okay? That's where it is stock. I move them back. That's a better term, I guess. I move them back with the mount facing forward. That is better for cornering. It doesn't upset your cornering technique. And for me, I like that better because it doesn't make the, at least for me, it doesn't make the cockpit, the rider triangle, uh, less roomy. Where I mostly feel it is in the peg and seat. So for me, the important areas are getting a different offset peg I'm making my own seat foam because I go to a half-inch taller. Uh, Guts makes one-inch. GYTR had a three-quarter inch, but for some fucked-up reason, you can't find GYTR uh, um, seat foams anymore. I don't know if they're just sold out. They said, screw it, we're not making it, or whatever. But, I mean, they've been on backer pre-COVID. So if you can find one, great. If not, Guts is your option. They have one inch. I do feel like that's a little much for me. If you're taller, 6'2", 6'1", that could work. I shave mine down to a half inch in the pocket. You can just do it on your own. I'm not a very good mechanic, but I managed to shave that foam down just a little bit from the one inch taller mark down to a half inch, and that seemed to work pretty well. Um, those are the two important um, pieces for me on the YZ250F to make it a more friendly rider triangle bike. So uh, if you're worried about it stock, the Honda is a better ergonomic uh, ergonomically built machine. Uh, tires, I will say the 190-19 is not the optimal tire uh, for the Honda. I would put a 110 on. Yes, you can do that. You can either go to Pirelli or Dunlop. I put Dunlops on mine. Pirelli is a great tire. I've said this before. The MX-32 Midsoft is a wonderful tire. Uh, the carcass will wear out quicker than a Dunlop. Uh, the lean angle traction is a little bit better than a Dunlop, but like I said, lifespan is not as long. If you're a Pirelli guy, you're on a Honda and you have stock tires, look at the, the bead of your Pirelli tire, your rear tire, and see if you see the white nylon starting to show in the bead. If you do see that, your carcass is fucked. It's smoked. It'll, you'll have to run a higher pressure. I start at 14 with Pirellis, but once you start seeing that nylon and that bead and where the bead is, uh, that carcass is flexing, it's moving, so even if you're running 14 PSI, it's going to wash and wallow. It's going to feel weird. 
And that's what the Pirellis do. They just kind of wear out carcass-wise first before the Nobby does. Uh, it's a racing tire. Like, it's great. It just doesn't last. So, um, for me, as a, as a guy who races, I love it. Like, I love a tire that's performance-based, and I'll just throw it in the trash after four hours, five hours, and get a new one. Uh, but I also ain't spending the money on it. You guys are. Like, I'm getting free tires, right, most of the time. If I was buying tires, it would get old really quick. So that is the reason why Dunlop lasts a little bit longer, and you're getting good traction with the MX-33. Uh, I would still go to MX-3S front tire on either one of these bikes because the Yamaha YZ250F comes with 33s on front and rear. Uh, the rear is a 110 Dunlop on a Yamaha. I'd like that. Uh, you can do that route with the Honda, and that'll help a little bit on flat corners and lean angle, and that'll get you uh, a little bit more lean angle traction in the rear end. So you can do that. Yes, it's a little bit heavier. Honda was about losing weight, so that's one of the reasons why they went to 190 and not a 110 because there is some unsprung weight there going to a bigger tire. I'm sure you guys are not... Uh, uh, not too sure on that, but that's one of the reasons why they do those things, just to have that on-paper lightweight number. Price-wise, uh, $84.99. That's, you know, at Honda's website, it has $8,099 plus $400 destination charge. So, uh, look, just go to your dealers, which you can find uh, a great deal. If you're looking to get a Yamaha after this podcast, go to Power Motorsports or email me. I'll get you hooked up with David Sibley. Uh, those guys have great deals, special Kiefer Inc. deals on uh, Yamaha YZ250F, so um, you guys can go there and check that out. So what it all boils down to, you can go watch the Racer X online video to see the different um, opinions. There's a lady opinion, there's a vet opinion, there's a kid opinion, and there's a guy who just a weekend warrior opinion, uh, and you can decide on which guy you are or lady and listen to what they have to say. So... For me, uh, when I talk about durability, um, if we can just touch on this real quick, uh, seat bolts suck on a Honda CRF250R. It's tough to get the bolt out. It's, it's a little nitpick thing, but when you're taking the bolt out, bolts out of the seat, it's hard to get the bolt out because it touches the foam. What I do, if you guys go to an aftermarket foam, I just cut that foam out a little bit and then put your cover on. That way you have the foams a little bit recessed and that bolt will just come right out. But it's just kind of a pain in the ass when you have a T-handle and you're spinning your bolt out and it doesn't come out because it hits the seat and you got to kind of get your fingers in there. And when you have fat fingers like me, it's just a pain in the ass. So um, that's a little tidbit. I just kind of cut out the foam and make it recessed a little bit and that actually helps. Uh, the clutch don't last as long as a Yamaha. Yamaha clutch is very good. Uh, they're both cable-pulled clutches. I do not mind that. I don't feel like I need a hydraulic clutch, but the Yamaha does last longer. The filter system is not great on the Yamaha YZ250. Uh, GYTR makes a cheaper version of uh, the intake air filter cage, and I'm looking through this right here. I can give you the price. Uh, but GYTR airflow kits, 150 bucks. You think that's expensive. Twin Air has a ex more expensive one, but they use an aluminum cage, um, which is very nice, by the way, but it's just a little bit more money. Um, but just know that GYTR does have that. It'll get you some more uh, bottom to mid-range power because now you don't have that screen in there. But you do got to watch out for particles and things dumping inside the intake air boot when you take your filter off. So just know that. So that's the downside of that, having that front design intake air. I mean, you're getting a lot of power that way, but also it's kind of a bitch to keep clean. Uh, unlike a Honda, where it's kind of a bitch to take your filter out, it's easier to keep clean. They don't get as dirty like the Yamaha. Yamaha always gets dirty because you're sucking dirt and dust and whatever right from the front roost, so it just gets blasted really quick. So which one do I would rather ride? Uh, it's... <laughs> Man, this is tough for me. Uh, I would still lean towards the Yamaha YZ250F. Why? More bottom-end torque for me. Uh, suspension, more comfort. And I can just ride it like a 450 a little bit more than I can the Honda. Now, I have ridden a GYTR built Yamaha, and I have ridden a Honda that just recently got built. And for me, it all changes when I have a built engine. 
I would much rather ride a Honda that's built than I would a Yamaha YZ250F. Why? Because now I've got top-end over-rev. i got more bottom-end. The chassis is a lot more fun for me to ride when I have a better engine. Now I can haul ass through corners. I can get out in a, in a quicker manner. I can ride more like a 450. The Yamaha still keeps that free revving feel, and I still have to short shift, which is kind of a pain in the ass. I like to leave my, you know, my riding style is, you know, on a 250. I want to leave it in second and third gear most of the time. I want that second gear to pull long. The Yamaha revs so quick, especially with this GYTR kit, that it goes through the RPM so fast that I have to shift second and third. I'm downshifting, upshifting, downshifting, upshifting. So I have to work. Although effective, it's more work. I would rather work smarter than harder, especially when I'm getting older. It, it, it tires me out. And I got to downshift twice into a corner. Then I got to upshift. With a Honda that's built, I can downshift once, and the thing pulls longer. So... But if you are just going to a stock-to-stock bike, the Yamaha for me is uh, just a better-feeling motorcycle. I can ride it a little bit like a 450. Um, I can lug it coming out of a corner. And when I say I can ride it like a 450, is like if I wanted to leave it in third gear, it obliges that. It, uh, it doesn't go through the third-gear power through corners as quick as the built one did. When I have all the when I'm riding the GYTR bike, lugging it through third gear in the corners, it does do that. But it, once I'm out, it just goes through the power so quick. I have to shift to fourth. The stock one doesn't do that. It'll pull third gear a little bit better and longer than the the built one. Go figure. So, for me, uh, yeah, it doesn't corner as well as a Honda, but I can my cornering technique is better um, just because I've been doing it for so long. So I don't mind the YZ250F in the fact that it just corners decent and it gets me down the straightaway in a comfortable manner and it has a good engine. Now, I don't have enough time to tell you which one is more durable. I've had a shit ton of time on YZ250Fs, but the Honda, I haven't gone through enough, right? So we're only over almost to 30 hours on the Honda. No problems yet, but uh, I've been over 65, 70 hours on a YZ250F without an issue. And yes, I haven't had timing chain problems. No, I haven't had a crank crack. Because people are like, oh man, I heard cranks are going bad on a Yamaha. Uh, timing chains. Never had it. Never had a problem. Yes, I go through clutches. I change my oil. Uh, I check my valves. I had my valves adjusted. Yes, they're a little bit, uh, uh, they were loose. But that's about it. That's the good luck I've, ha- I've had with Yamaha's. Um, I've changed top ends in Yamahas that looked pretty worn because I've sucked dirt through the intake. So that is a problem. So you really got to pay attention to your intake and your air filter system on a Yamaha. But I haven't put enough time on a Honda to discredit it for durability. Honda is usually known for great durability. So I'm going to put this thing to the test, put up to 100 hours on this Honda CRF250 this year and see what it's like. And then we can kind of compare durability and then I can kind of open my mouth and say, hey, uh, the Honda is as good as the Yamaha. I just don't know that yet. So um, that's my feelings. I still feel like the Yamaha YZ250F is king right now, but the Honda is a better built machine than last year, and it's more fun to ride, and it's getting closer. Uh, there's a lot of potential there for engine builders to get this thing to run in really good. Um, so we're going to try an aftermarket uh, muffler on ours. We're we may get another bike separate to add to our stable that has a built engine to see what that is like, and I'm sure you'll be seeing that over on racerxonline.com. But if you guys want to know more, um, a wider range of rider, go to racerxonline.com in the coming days. I was going to say weeks, but I think in the coming days, and uh, you'll get a feel of what it's like to shoot these things out with other people. Um, if you have any questions, as always, chris at keferinktesting.com, and uh, we'll help you out. But... Um, as promised, I'm going to rip down a couple riders that I think would benefit from each machine. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. If you're a rider, um, that is an older rider, um, that has trouble hanging on to a bike and you have trouble cornering, you're, you're worried about being too big for a 250. Don't worry. The Honda is great. I feel like the Honda is a better machine for you because it's a friendlier, um, little stiffer frame feel for the bigger guy. And there's enough 
torque down there to have fun, but yet is going to help you through corners. So if you're a vet rider, a little bit heavier, 180 to 190, and you want to have a good time in the corners, you want to improve your cornering, and you ride tighter tracks, or maybe you're a vet track kind of guy, the Honda's awesome. Now, if you're a younger kid that is looking to get off of a 125 and get on a 250F, which one would be better? I still think a Honda would be better in that in that sense um, because it's easier for you guys to ride down low. It's not going to get away from you. My son rides the YZ250F and goes, holy shit, there's a lot of power here. It's hard to hang on. And the girth, being Aiden, is so skinny. He's all dick and ribs that the girth does bother those types of kids. So for me, the Honda would be an easier transition for them from a 125 to a 250F. The Honda is a better transition. If you're if you're a guy like me that like is worried about performance, wants to go fast and be comfortable, I'm choosing the Yamaha. Um, I'm 45 years old, still like to ride a lot. The Yamaha is better for me, just like I said, because I can ride it similar to a 450. Uh, if you're a rider, an older guy in your 50s to 60s, 200 plus pounds, and just want to have a good time and are lazy, the Yamaha is a better bike for you because you can lug it. And it's not going to stall. Uh, it does have engine braking, which for me, for older guys that are bigger, will help you corner. So those are my four different categories. That's my breakdown. And hopefully um, that narrows it down for whoever's listening to this podcast. If not, like I said, there's racerxonline.com for the video. And as always, you can email me and uh, we can talk about it further if need be. So that breaks down the CRF250R and Yamaha YZ250F. Shit ton of emails coming in for those bikes. Both of them are very fun. Just like I said, at times, certain times of the day, I like one more than the other, uh, but they're very close for me, although very different motorcycles. So that's what's cool about today's technology and all the stuff that we have to choose from as consumers. Yes, it costs money, but, man, they are great machines, and each machine has a different character to fit different riding styles. Um, and that's what we're here to do at Kiefer Inc. Just try to guide you into the right bike for your style and what you're riding. So hopefully this has been a fun podcast and give you guys some information on each bike and just an honest look for me. Not everything is so black and white. Not everything I want to tell you guys on these, on these shows are like, yep, this is the definite answer. This is what I like more. It's not always that easy. This was really tough for me to do because I like each machine but I had to be honest with you guys, if I'm going to go spend my money, I'm still going to go spend my money on a blue bike just because um, of the torque feel and the suspension. That's the most important thing for me with how I ride. Um, chassis, cornering, uh, a little bit less power, uh, ergonomics, the Honda's better. So depending on what's important to you is what you should spend your money on. And uh, look forward to doing this 450 shootout that's coming up, a little bit modified shootout that we're going to do. It should be uh, interesting to say the least. Don't know what we're going to do with the 250 side of things yet. Uh, don't even know if I'm going to do a 250 shootout. But if we do, uh, it will not be a stock shootout. We'll do something a little bit different just to try to keep it interesting and fun for you guys out there. And uh, hopefully you guys will keep coming back to this show, uh, to Pulp MX, and, of course, racerxonline.com. Um, all right, so guess what? It's about lunchtime. I'm going to eat lunch, and guess what? i got to go ride. That's right. I got to go tire testing. Doing some tire testing today out in the Des. Um, those days, I'll <laughs> give you a snippet about those days. So when I do tire testing, uh, most of the time it's durability types of stuff. So uh, I get these tires. We're not going to talk about um, who, it's, who it's from, or maybe it's just a media test that I'm going to do and put up on my site. But when I do this kind of stuff, uh, there's an X amount of time I got to put on each tire. So sometimes... Uh, the tires already chewed up and shitty by the time it gets to X amount or <laughs> the the time allotted for me to put on it. And uh, I still got to put time on it, and it's a nightmare to ride because it's all jacked up. The carcasses broke down, or the, t the knobbies are all torn to shit. Uh, but you got to get to that hour mark to give everybody and uh, everyone at that company, as well as each tire that you're, you're doing, an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. So, man... I one of these days, I'm going to write a book about all the unspoken things about testing and all the stuff that I've learned over the years um, that a lot of consumers don't know. I think it would be interesting. I just uh, 
don't think it'd be the right time to do that now, but maybe when I'm old and gray, we could just write a book and just paint you guys some stories of things that I've, I've, I've tried that didn't work and things that I've loved that never made it to market, which pisses me off even more. I don't mind when shit breaks. It doesn't piss me off as much as things that I really like that don't see the light of day. That's what pisses me off the most. Um, in testing, things break, things fail, things run like shit. That's expected. But when you ride something that's really good and you don't see it getting sold to the people, that's when I'm like, what in the fudge is going on? Why didn't that make it? So one of these days, maybe we'll do that. We'll write a book. All right, we'll see you guys back next week. Off to go riding. Thanks for listening. Support these advertisers on this show. It helps us out huge. Thank you, guys. See you next week.